Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where Catholic truth and moral relativism don't even measure up to one another. We know that Catholic truth will always stand strong. I'm Father Peter DeGanzik. Today I'm kind of excited. In the last few episodes of Credo Podcast that I did, I talked a little bit about repenting and things of that nature. And today I'm going to do a little bit of divine mercy, but I'm going to do it with a woman named Terry Pace. And full disclosure, Terry Pace is my sister. But anyhow, let us begin with a little bit of a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Father, we ask you now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, to give us joy and peace in our souls, to help us know that you walk this journey with us, and that as you walk this journey, your whole express purpose is to let us know of your mercy, that beautiful mercy that redeems and saves souls and brings them home to heaven where you are Lord forever and ever. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I said the last couple of weeks, this is a period of time. Lent is a period of time when we're looking to change, to convert, to become holier people. And a big part of that process is going to the sacrament of confession. But next to that, there has been this phenomenon in the last century, this woman named Sister Faustina, now Saint Faustina, who had divine revelations and... I know my sister Terry has always been a very powerful advocate for divine mercy. She went out of her way to get to the divine mercy shrine in Poland. We were there together. It was a wonderful experience. And has always said to me, and she's the one that always reminds me, don't forget the divine mercy novena. It starts on Good Friday. Don't forget to say the chaplet. So I'd like to introduce Terry. If you just give a little background about yourself and your love for St. Faustina. Hi, and thank you for having me here, Father Peter. I do love to talk about the divine mercy. One of the reasons is because Jesus has made great promises to those who promulgate the divine mercy. It is his substance, it is who he is. His form of love is mercy. And I can't stop talking about it. In every moment, I seek to have mercy in my heart the way Christ and the Lord has mercy for us. You know, it's interesting because I know with the divine mercy, it's a devotion that was misunderstood for a long time. When actually was St. Faustina getting these revelations? So she was getting these revelations in probably the last, I think it was six or seven years of her life. She died in 1938. She wasn't canonized to 2000. There was great turmoil in the period after her death, when her diaries were discovered, and um, you know the, the Catholic organizations were unable to recognize it, I think. You know. One of the big problems were translations. She wrote in Polish, and let's face it, Polish is not one of those common languages, especially in the Vatican. And from my understanding, they had received these Italian translations that were done very, very poorly. And what resurrected the whole process, the whole canonization process, was when, of course, John Paul II became the Pope, and he ordered a retranslation of all of the texts, and um, once again had an investigation into the diary. And I have to admit, I've read, read through the diary several times, and each time it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Like, how did this young woman, I mean, literally this young woman who was suffering horrible, horrible pain, able to, like, look at the Lord... And, and not be crushed. I mean, she even talks about it towards the end of her life, especially. I thought it was just so incredibly beautiful. 
Um, I think that suffering speaks to Jesus's mercy in a way that my words, my preaching, my life as a priest could never speak because in this life, you see it again and again throughout the New Testament, in this life, we are to take up the cross, not shed the cross. She not only took it up, it became so purifying for her soul that she, she just saw right through into the being of Christ himself. Yes. I would like to tell a little story about reading the diary. You were getting your doctoral degree in Italy, and we were reading it at the same time, and we would do uh, text messaging or emails or some FaceTime calls. You were also leading some of the nuns, the Calcutta Nuns? Yes, uh, Mother Teresa's novices, actually. They weren't nuns yet. They were her novices, right. and I was their spiritual director in their discernment year. Yes, and so I was doing this at the same time, and I remember somewhere about halfway through her diary, you had asked me, so how's it going? And I said, well, here's this nun who prays every day, who goes to church every day, who serves people as a matter of her entire being, and she isn't good enough. Like this almost perfect being isn't good enough. And your answer to me was, oh, so you get it. And I went, hmm? Like, I get it? And you said it again. No, you get it. And I'm like, well, can you explain how I get it? <laughs> and you, you said that not even the most perfect being is going to be able to measure up, right? In the presence of God, the Almighty Father, we always have imperfections. We are sinners, and it is only through His grace, His mercy, His love that we can obtain salvation and be in the presence of Him for the rest of our eternity when he saves us. Whenever we say those words at Mass, Lord, I'm not worthy, but only say the word. It's all of what divine mercy is about. Say the word, O oh Lord. I'm not worthy, but you have that power. You're the one who makes worthy. And he made Faustina tremendously worthy. The thing that I always, again, that walk away that I always get is, so long as I realize that I'm still broken, even though the grace is making me holy, even though the grace is lifting me up, there's still that brokenness within me that I, in, in a split second, could fall out of that grace. Yes. So you were away in Italy at this time, and now I'm reflecting on this, and I'm seeking other counsel. So I sought out our priest. Now he's Monsignor Father Brian McNamara. He's coming back to this area, by the way. I heard that. I'm very excited. He, I, I relayed the conversation and said... So I, I, I don't get it. Here's this, you know, absolutely wonderful, almost perfect human being. And he explained it in a way that he's like, okay, you just had this house built and we were going through, you know, the final checklist. And he's like, take a really, really bright light and shine it against that wall. You were going to see every single imperfection. And so when Faustina would be in the presence of God, She's one of the few saints that I've read their words, their biographies, that was actually in the presence of God, the Almighty Father. He had to give her special graces just to be in his presence because 
our humanness would be crushed by his magnificence. You have to have a special grace just to be in his presence. And this brightness of light, when shown on us, reveals every imperfection, just like the imperfections in sheetrock or nails that get driven in. I, I looked at it that way and I said, okay, when she's in his presence, she gets to see every little imperfection and has a desire now for correction. And, you know, I, I, I do the divine mercy every day. At three o'clock, I have a little reminder on my phone to just immerse myself in the Lord's passion. And there's a simple prayer that's at the end of the divine mercy itself that I say almost every day at different times. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and the sins of all the world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And you say it over and over again, just even in little moments of your life. The closing prayer has great meaning for me. You know, it took me a while. Every time I went to go say the closing prayer from memory, I add things to it that aren't there. <laughs> so my brain kept trying to put in something that wasn't there. And so it took me forever mm -hmm. to get it down that I didn't have to go and read it every time I said it. And it's, it wasn't the closing prayer. If you go to the diary and you find where the, the chaplet is given, it wasn't there. That's another part of the diary that tradition now has assembled it to yes. the, uh, the novena or the chaplet itself. But just listen to these words. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, Look kindly upon us and increase your mercies in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Like, Amen. There's a couple of those words that just console my heart when I have despair, when I'm having you know, these moments of despondency I just surrender it to the Lord and ask him, have mercy on me. It's inexhaustible. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around what does that mean. And here is, you know, the diary of St. Faustine available to us, though it is... It's what? available to the whole world. It's been translated into every language now. It's readily accessible. <laughs> and it amazes me sometimes when, I, when I'll ask somebody, you know, do you know about divine mercy? Not a clue. Have you know what the, the chaplet? You know, no, not, not a clue. One of the fruits of her diary was this thing called the Divine Mercy Novena. And the Divine Mercy Novena was, we were asked to do it starting on Good Friday. Now, here's, here's the irony to all of this in pe people's minds, and I, and I see it when I mention it to them. All right, I can understand Good Friday. Good Friday is the day, 3 o'clock, Jesus dies on the cross, blood poured out, soul and divinity. He dies for our sins. Why start on that day and go all through Easter week to the second Sunday, which is now universally known as Divine Mercy Sunday? Why start then? And I say, because that's the mystery encapsulated. His death is where mercy is found, but it's in his resurrection that hope is reborn. And it's a nine-day novena. Now, anybody who's hearing this before Good Friday, 
You can look up the Divine Mercy Novena. It's on the internet all over the place. There'll probably be, if you look around, there'll probably be things in churches that pastors will put out and different things. Take a look for them. And on that day, what you're asked to do is you're asked each day to bring to Christ another type of souls, to bring to Christ another group of people that need his mercy and to offer prayers. And with each day, there's a little meditation. Quick summary, on Good Friday, we bring all mankind, especially sinners. On Holy Saturday, the souls of priests and religious, thank you very much, Faustina. All devout souls on the third day, those who do not believe in Jesus on Easter Monday and those who do not yet know him. On Easter Tuesday, the souls of all of those separated brethren, those who have wandered away from the faith, those who have left the fold of Jesus Christ. On the sixth day, Easter Wednesday, the meek and humble souls and the souls of children. On Easter Thursday, the souls of those who especially venerate and glorify Jesus' mercy. On Easter Friday, day eight, the souls of those who are detained in purgatory. And day nine on Easter Saturday, and this is the one that I think is the most powerful, the souls, the souls of those who have become lukewarm. And that comes right out of the book of Revelation. The ones that Jesus despises the most are those who are lukewarm. What I love about the chaplet itself, that you say each of these nine days, and the focus of each of the nine days is that we don't leave anyone out, right? It's a full encompassing of everyone in their relationship with Christ. Where are you in your relationship? On which day will we pray for you? And can we move you a day forward? And some of us might fit into two. Like I could get the one for priests and religious and then also be, you know, the meek and humble souls and the, you know, who, who knows? Or, exactly. you know, you could, exactly. so, yes, I, I, I definitely identify with day two, but there are other days that I do identify with. So in St. Faustina's diary, there's one um, entry. She heard these words. My daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the Feast of Mercy be a refuge and shelter for all souls, and especially poor sinners. Hint, hint, that's all of us. On that day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. The soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins. And this is on Divine Mercy Sunday. Yes. When you've completed this chapter, the, this the novena. novena. On that day, all of the divine floodgates through which graces flow are opened. Let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its sins be as scarlet. My mercy is so great that no mind, be it of man or of angel, will be able to fathom it throughout all eternity. Complete forgiveness of sins. This is better than an indulgence. Well, indulgences can only be applied to deceased souls or your own soul. This is something that is for you. For you. And, you know, obviously, we're going to say the prayers. We're going to attend, you know, the... Um, the masses and the services to actually experience our personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And when you do this and go to confession and receive Holy Communion, 
You get to have these graces poured out over you, healing you. We've been focusing every Monday our healing exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. And this is a great culmination to that series. We will be completely healed. Just as a sidebar, here at the parish, we have been every Monday night doing these um, services. And it's been another podcast where we've talked about Dr. Bob Schutz's book, where he identifies core wounds within our our being, our souls, and ties them in with the deadly sins. And so we've been praying for healing on that. Yes. So in another entry, she wrote this. Jesus looked at me and said, souls perish in spite of my bitter passion. I am giving them the last hope of salvation. That is the feast of my mercy. If they will not adore my mercy, they will perish for all eternity. Secretary of my mercy, that's what he called Faustina, write, tell souls about this great mercy of mine because the awful day, the day of justice, is near. You know, it's one of these things, and I have to say this, and I've laid this in context so many times. People always say, like the 20th century was probably one of the most brutal, disgusting, man's inhumanity to man centuries ever. Wars that just killed millions of souls, so many things. And they say, where was God in all of this? And I point to them and said, well, you had Fatima. You had St. Faustina before the Second World War, which became one of these things. And we were warned, even in Fatima, that a worst war was coming. We were warned by St. Faustina, immerse yourself in his mercy. Because of these horrendous things that were happening, we can move on. There were places like Akita, Japan. There was Zaytun, Egypt. I mean, there was so many times when God intervened during the 20th century, and man still didn't listen. They, they still turned away. And his mercy is not something that he's going to impose. See, this is the one thing I say to people. When it comes to like our sacraments, we always have to accept it freely. So the grace that he's offering, he offers with tremendous love, with tremendous desire for your soul. But if you in freedom don't say yes in return, just like the Blessed Mother could have said no to the angel Gabriel about having the Son of God just be conceived in her womb. Thank God she didn't. And I think it was a pretty safe assurance that she wouldn't. But there had to be that freedom. There had to be that. And we have that same freedom that he can have that light that pierced St. Faustina pierce us as well. It does. And when it does, it does expose. But then we have to say yes to the mercy if we want that mercy to be effective within our own soul, which is all throughout her diary, all throughout her diary. Everywhere. So what are we asking by listening to this podcast, by being informed about the divine mercy, the chaplet, and now the novena that is coming up? Do it for yourself. Embrace it. Engage in the divine mercies for yourself. Then tell other people. I mean, I wouldn't know about this if my Uncle Ray had visited from Arizona, came to New York, and he told me. This was at a time when she was beatified but not yet canonized. And he was asking me to start praying them and to pray for her so that her canonization would happen. You know, you need three miracles, which they, you know, they eventually got and canonized her. So it's our families and our friends who spread this message. And Jesus said, you know, on the last day, those souls will be most close to my heart. 
Like, I'm going to stand between you and the Father and his justice. Like, there's two doors to heaven. We go through the door of justice or we go through the door of mercy. No one can get through the door of justice. So the only other way is through the door of mercy. That's why Christ died for us, to open that door and give us this opportunity for salvation. Without it, we cannot be saved. I love that, you know, as you tell other people, like one of the things, my first efforts of doing the Divine Mercy was to hand out the cards and to pray over people or for people who were about to die. When you say these prayers over a dying soul, Christ himself stands before the Father and advocates for that person. Isn't that the best thing that we could do? Praying for those who are going to meet their maker and you know, maybe they're in a situation where they can't even pray for themselves. At the end of someone's life, sometimes they are in a coma or they're you know, in pain and they're medicated and they're unable to now have the faculties to pray for themselves. You can do this next to them, far away from them. You can pray this for their intention and know that Christ is going to be there for them at the end of their life. So those are three things that you can do right now. Do it for yourself, share it for another, and pray for the dead. One of the things that has been the hallmark of Christian existence from the time of the resurrection has been what we call evangelization, of sharing the good news. And this is very good news. I mean, St. Faustina wrote all of this stuff down and under spiritual direction was told to be very strict about it and to make sure that she stayed faithful to it that she identified exactly which words were from Jesus and everything. I say that because it's so incredibly important that we remind ourselves that even what she experienced wasn't just for her. Even what we experience as Christians isn't just for us. I walk out of the confessional and as forgiven as I am and as blessed as I am, I can't not tell others, oh, by the way, you know, don't worry about confession, it's not important. No, it's very important, as is the divine mercy, as is the gospel of Jesus Christ, as is all of the good that comes from God. People need to know. People just need to know. And I think the, the problem that we see so much today is, especially in this podcast now, where I'm trying to go against these people that are trying to basically silence truth through relativism, through tolerance, I keep saying the same thing. I'm going to keep speaking the truth. Sooner or later, someone's going to hear it. Sooner or later, someone's going to go, how did I not know that? It's our responsibility. Anybody, if you're hearing these words right now, oh, I'm pointing at, anyhow, if you're hearing these words right now, you have a responsibility to embrace the goodness of Christ and to share that goodness with others. The good news is not to be contained. Now, I'm not asking you to go out and to become a Bible thumper and whack people with your Bible on the foreheads. But when you have the opportunities to talk Jesus, talk about it. Talk about his mercy. Um, as a sidebar and a shameless plug from my sister's Facebook page, you had developed a Facebook page just for spreading the divine mercy. What's the name of it again? Our Merciful Lord. What an appropriate name for a Facebook page. <laughs> People say, yo, the internet, the internet, Facebook. There are some good things out there. If you, if you just look at the good things, you can find a lot more good things. Um, Our Merciful Lord, you post regularly from the, the diary I know, you get different things that you put out there. So if you're just looking for something to pop up in your feed once in a while, 
go ahead and join our Merciful Lord. Great group. Thank you. And know that I'm going to be posting the prayers and the meditations on each day of the novena. So if you're in the group, right, it's a public group, so everyone can find it and join it, and then you will get these reminders. You can also, there's the Divine Mercy Organization, I think it's up in Massachusetts. They have a daily, um, kind of like Father Schmidt's Bible in a year. Well, this is the Diary of St. Faustina in a year. And I subscribe to that podcast and you get a little snippet of her diary, Jesus's words and her reflections, and then um, the priest that is reading that gives reflections and tells you a little bit because sometimes when you read her diary without the context of what was going on you know there was one entry so Jesus had given her instruction and Saint Faustina was you know not able to do her chores she was you know in ecstasy most of her day having these apparitions of our Lord and these locutions so she lived in a community. They would complain. Faustina's not doing her share, blah, blah, blah. And like, so she would get upset about that, and she would try to justify to her fellow nuns what was going on. And the Lord admonished her. He said, do not justify yourself to these, right? Between you and me, we know where you are and what you're doing, and you're doing my will. Right? And so part of her suffering was that she had to internalize that, to, to surrender that to the Lord and take all of this, what I would say, persecution in her own convent because they didn't really understand the full extent of what was going on. And so the priest gives you these reflections of the other people around her, and it brings a little bit more depth to what you're reading. And I think it's important, too, that we, we have that kind of thing. I didn't realize that there was a uh, Faustina in a Year podcast. I'm going to have to go find that one myself. I, I'm presuming it's not with that same kind of um, innocence that Father Mike does, where he basically does one of the, you know, these goshes and gollies all the time. And well, it's not the goshes and gollies. It's but, remarkable. I but, mean, I like the way he does it. Like, everything is remarkable and incredible. Well, I, I will say, though, that it is absolutely lighthearted. Oh, uh, Father Joe Roche from the Marian Fathers, um, he's just amazing. He's, he's the one, if anybody ever watched the Divine Mercy in song on EWTN, he's the priest that's leading it. Yeah, really amazing stuff. So anyhow, um, I, I will remind everybody that the Divine Mercy Novena begins on Good Friday. If you're hearing this after Good Friday, still do the Novena when you can because it's an important part of our journey now as Christians. I'm going to ask especially that um, if you could take a moment and just like or follow wherever you're picking this up from, whatever platform you've heard this on, uh, feel free to like or follow. And as I said earlier, we have a responsibility to get the good news out there. So feel free to share this with family and friends. Feel free to get this word out there. Uh, the divine mercy is not something to be contained or controlled. It's something to be spread. And if you have ever yourself been touched by God's divine mercy, you know as well as I do then, it's something that if anybody else is in desperate need of it, get it to them because it really is transformative. It is really powerful. And so I, again, I thank you and I, and I ask for your prayers. Um, do you have any closing recommendations or thoughts? 
set a reminder for three o'clock on your phone. We're all very busy people, but if you could, even for a brief moment, reflect on Jesus Christ and his passion and cross that brought him to the resurrection, the briefest moment, that's still what God has asked us to do. Amen. So again, I hope all of you who are hearing my voice um, have the power of the Holy Spirit overshadow you and give you his peace. And as we are now getting ready to enter into Holy Week, um, I will definitely bring you into my prayers, especially during Holy Week, so that God may bring you to his kingdom where he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God give you his blessings, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.